welcome one and all to the Veterans Radio Hour. It's our tribute to all of those who served our great nation's armed forces, past and present, and their tremendous accounts of heroic duty and bravery. With your host, Brigadier General Dave Grange. And now, coming to you live from our Veterans Center studio, here is General Dave. Good evening, fellow veterans and fellow Americans who care about our nation's veterans. It's a November 3rd, 2002, here in the Veterans Radio Center. And each show we have a live audience, and I'd like to recognize uh, one of our veterans, one of our military in the audience tonight, Colonel Tom Rendell, Commander 2nd Brigade, 2nd ROTC Region. Uh, he's stationed right here in Illinois. Veterans Day, November 11th. It's only a week away. It's a day that we as a nation and individually can remember all Americans who served on active duty in the armed forces. Our show tonight, Monuments Honoring Our Fallen American Veterans, commemorates that date dedicated to those who served. We'll be talking about cemeteries and museums as well as monuments tonight. I am very proud of the foundation I now represent after retiring from the military, the McCormick Tribune Foundation, because one of our duties every year, in partnership with the American Battle Monuments Commission and the AMBETS, we dedicate together a carillon, a bell tower, in an American cemetery on foreign soil. Examples are Henry Chappelle, Florence, Carthage, Wazane, and next May, Brittany, France. For those that I have had, who have had the opportunity, the privilege, the honor to visit one of the American Battle Monuments Commission cemeteries overseas, you know as well as I, they're immaculate. They're beautiful white crosses and stars of David in perfect rows, pristine but solemn settings, worthy, if anything can be, for our country's fallen comrades to lay in rest. Tonight our guests talking about monuments, cemeteries, museums, is Major General John Hurling from the American Battle Monuments Commission, Mr. Jan Scruggs, Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, and Richard Hackett from the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum. Uh, they have a great show tonight to discuss these things for our veterans. Now, to Kenny. Thank you, General Dave. Remember, if you'd like to ask a question, you can call in at 866-928-2329, our toll-free number. Or the easiest way, veteransradiohour.com. Click onto our chat room. It's live. General Dave could read everything that's going on. So let's get on with the great show today for fallen Americans. Our dedication tonight, there was a recent uh, dedication at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, to the United States Army Special Ops Command Memorial Wall. A Ranger Bradley Cross, 1st Battalion, 75th Infantry, Ranger. Killed in action during Operation Anaconda. During the cer ceremony at Fort Bragg, his dad, a retired Navy Chief Petty Officer, said, My son Brad used to tell me, Dad, I want to jump out of airplanes. I'm going to be a Ranger. Brad wanted to be a Ranger since he was eight years old. He wanted to be a part of something elite, a part of something special. The Special Operations Command Memorial Wall has names of Navy, Air Force, and Army Special Op Force members who gave the ultimate sacrifice for their nation. 
like Ranger Bradley Cross, at 22 years old, killed in action March 4th, 2002, fighting the Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. So tonight's show will provide what monuments honor an American, America's fallen, are really all about. Here's today's military quote of the day, brought to you with support from retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Bogievich. You know, monuments are not only for honoring our fallen and their sacrifices to this nation, but also a reminder of what we must do to carry on their legacy in defense of freedom. 1863 at Gettysburg, President Lincoln's address, he stated, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from those honored dead, we take increased devotion to what that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. Tonight's uh, guest, we have, uh, I said, as I said before, Major General John Hurling, United States Army retired, appointing by the President in 1995 to serve as Secretary of the America, American Battle Monu uh, Monuments Commission. He is the fifth officer to be appointed since 1923. General John Hurling has 35 years of service, combat in Vietnam, Silver Star recipient, and Purple Heart. Mr. Jan Scruggs, founder and president of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, wounded and de decorated veteran from the Vietnam War. 1979, Jan Scruggs took $2,800 of his own money to start the project of the wall. He fought to have it built and succeeded, and it was dedicated in 1982. Our third guest who is in studio with us is Ms. Mr. Richard Hackett from Chicago, the chairman of the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum. I'd like to go first to General Hurling. Sir, are you with us tonight? Yes, good evening, Dave. Good to hear you again uh, from some of our last trips. I really enjoy the, the uh, project that we have together with the bell towers and cemeteries overseas. Um, you know, this American Battle Monuments Commission really cares for so many cemeteries and monuments, not only in the United States, but abroad. I believe last year you had about 9 million visitors to the American Battle Monuments Commission cemeteries and memorials, and you operate 24 American military cemeteries and 27 memorials and monuments uh, in 15 countries around the world. And it's a great organization, and uh, can you just tell us real quick a little bit uh, more about your, your outfit? I'd be glad to, Dave. Uh, the American Battle Monuments Commission was established by an act of Congress back in uh, March of 1923. And the first chairman was uh, General of the Army's John J. Pershing. And in, in the late 20s and the early 30s, the commission established eight World War I cemeteries uh, in, in Europe, one in, one in England, one in Belgium, and uh, in six in France. And the purpose of the commission was to commemorate and memorialize American service primarily overseas through the establishment of cemeteries, memorials, and monuments where our servicemen had served uh, since 1917. 
and uh, that continued on after World War II, where we established 14 World War II cemeteries uh, north, from North Africa, as you know, uh, up through Italy, France, Luxembourg, Belgium, the Netherlands, England, out into the Philippines. And uh, we also have a cemetery in Mexico City that goes back to our war with Mexico in 1847, where 750 Americans are buried. And our last cemetery is, uh, is in, uh, in Panama. So we've been in, in existence uh, since 1923 and caring for America's veterans and its, and its honored war dead since then and, and uh, proud to be doing this job. Yeah. A great summary. And, John, we're going to be back with you in a moment because there's going to be some questions for you. I'd like to move a minute to, uh, to Jan Scruggs, a good close friend of mine. I'm on one of the boards with him on the Memorial Fund. And this is a great nonprofit organization. Not only is it responsible for building the, the, the uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial on a national mall in D.C., otherwise known to most of us as the Wall, uh, who's going to celebrate the 20th anniversary here shortly from November 6th to 11th of this year, this next week. Uh, it honors 3 million people, men and women, who served the Vietnam War and over 58,000 who gave the ultimate sacrifice. And this is a constant struggle to keep the wall, to keep the Memorial Fund's projects going. And, Jan, are you with us, sir? I'm here. Good to hear from you again. Uh, you were just honored in Chicago not too long ago because of your, your support of veterans and your patriotism. Uh, Jan, could you just give us a quick uh, review of the other projects besides the wall that uh, the Memorial Fund covers? Sure. As we commemorate the 20th anniversary of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which, by the way, begins on November 6th in just a few days, uh, I will point out the other things we do. Uh, take a look at our website, vvmf.org. Basically, we run a nationwide program of high school and middle school uh, education for teachers and students to let them learn about the uh, Vietnam War, the people who served. Uh, and uh, it's a very important learning experience. We're doing a, a great uh, project now, uh, small but uh, highly <laughs> successful. We have essentially stopped the uh, casualties from landmines and unexploded ordnance in the Quang Tri province of Vietnam using uh, a generous donation from a fellow named Christos Katsakos, founder of E-Trade, uh, severely wounded in Vietnam. Uh, primarily, we take care of the memorial and take care of the special ceremonies uh, as well, Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And we're looking forward to uh, a week of activities coming up. Yeah, and it's going to any, anyone that can, any veteran, any friends of veterans, family members that can, that can get to the wall uh, during this week of activities. I mean, it, it's, it's superb. I'm telling you, it's just a wonderful monument. I think it's the most visited monument uh, in Washington, D.C. Is that not correct, Jan? Correct. Last year we got 4.4 million visitors. It's the most visited in, in Washington. And this uh, Thursday in Washington, beginning at 3.30 p.m., we read all of the 58,000 names on the memorial. And this will be done by approximately 1,150 volunteers, many of whom are on active duty in the military from the Washington area. And uh, we'll be reading them from uh, 0600 until midnight uh, every night. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's, that's great. I want to just, uh, we'll come back to both of you in just a second, both to John and, and Jan. I'd like to now just go a second to a different type of, of uh, tribute to veterans. 
the National Viet Vietnam Veterans Art Museum. And the National Museum is here in Chicago. And it, uh, it made uh, Mayor Daley and the city of Chicago provided the initial funds to restore an old building that is now its current location. The art museum is uh, primarily educational, art, history, and honor. And the thing I really love about uh, this art museum more than anything, in fact, uh, our foundation was involved in supporting it somewhat, is that over 58,226, and I say over, we're going to add two more dog tags, over 58,000 dog tags hang from the ceiling in honor of those Vietnam veterans who gave the ultimate sacrifice. And this display is called the Above and Beyond Memorial Sculpture. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, tribute to, to uh, the veterans of, of the Vietnam War. And Richard, tell us a little bit about the art museum here in Chicago. Well, sir, it got its start about uh, six years ago uh, in August of 96. We uh, opened our doors and we have been um, basically taking a lot of people from the school systems in to show them the artwork of veterans as well as um, a, a lot of uh, tourists who seem to make their way by. The uh, museum uh, has this uh, central feature of the Above and Beyond Memorial with the dog tags imprinted with each name. Um, little background, if I could, on that is that um, one of the inspirational ideas, of course, uh, came from Jan's work with the wall. And Jan was at the museum one day and suggested that perhaps this would be a place where all the names could be shown. And backed it up with a, a small contribution to give us time to think it through. And it took some time to come up with that. But um, so uh, we've got the ceiling here in Chicago, and um, we're quite proud of it. And I think it, uh, it, it does quite a bit of good for a lot of families and a lot of the, the students who, un who get a better idea of what the bottom line is all about here. Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, you know, in, a so in uh, the old Soviet Union, now Russia, uh, th they have a, a memorial, and they have a gold chain that hangs for every uh, military person killed in the wars. I think I think it's from World War starting from World War One on. Uh, millions, by the way, of chains hang from this uh, facility, and it, it reminded me of that. It's very it's very uh, uh, it, it just gets to you to your core. In fact, you can go into the art museum, uh, Vietnam Art Museum, and you can uh, get a dog tag made uh, with for a small donation. Uh, for someone that you truly care about. I, I had one made the other day for a private first class champion who was with me in L Company Rangers in Vietnam who uh, is still MIA. And uh, it's uh, just a wonderful facility to not only for art but for, for education. In fact, all of the, the guests tonight are very much involved in the education of the American people uh, for uh, uh, what the veterans of this country have done. Uh, General Hurling, as an example, when you go to, like Normandy, for example, the Normandy Cemetery, uh, just what, when you go there, just the, the maps and the, the way that the, the cemetery tells a story of the sacrifice and what happened in that location. Uh, I guess, can you just describe Normandy to the, to the audience for a minute? John? General Hurling? Times it overlooks, overlooks the landing zone the D-Day landing zones. It's a beautiful site. It sits up on a promontory above the beaches. And it, uh, it has over 8,000 uh, US war debt buried there. And as you mentioned earlier, they're all lined up in very straight rows of crosses. And there's beautiful green grass. And 
Then there's a, a memorial chapel at one end of the cemetery, and when you walk inside, it's, it's, it's a very beautiful design chapel and uh, with, with a very appropriate uh, inscriptions on the wall. And then at the other end of the cemetery, there are two large loggia, and in those loggia are the graphic depiction of, on one side, the actual invasion beaches at Normandy, the two U.S. beaches, Utah and in Omaha, and then George uh, Juno Sword and Gold, and it has the a display of the the naval and the army and the air forces that were involved in the in the invasion. And then in the other loggia, there is a huge mosaic that shows the campaign in Europe and how the campaign progressed from the, the invasion beach there at Normandy across France and up into Belgium, the Netherlands, and, and uh, into Germany itself. And then there's a very beautiful bronze statue of a serviceman and that sits in, the, in between these two loggia. And it's behind that in a small, in a, in, it's not a small garden, it's a fairly large garden, there are walls containing the names of the missing, those that, uh, those that are missing uh, in action. And that wall is a semicircular wall, and again, a very beautiful inscription of all the names of those that are missing in battle. And so that's just a general description, Dave. Yeah, and that, I just wanted the other people to, to hear that that, may, uh, that are listening tonight because having gone there several times, having had the honor to display the colors of our unit, uh, taking uh, troopers there for staff rides to understand how the battle was fought and commanding a unit that landed there on June 6th, uh, it, it really it really gets to you. And I, I want to switch now to, to, you know, Vietnam, a more frequent conflict, and talk to Jan about, again, on education, uh, an example of one that I'm familiar with is Echoes from the Wall. Jan, can you just take a minute or two to explain that? Yes, Echoes from the Wall is a, a ra rather significant program. Uh, this is a curriculum guide which it includes a video, several posters, and other materials allowing uh, high school teachers and middle school teachers to teach the Vietnam War, to bring veterans, uh, especially veterans and, and participants in the war in, in different ways, uh, into the classrooms. And this is something that uh, really good teachers really try to do, because in towns like Chicago and everywhere else in the country, we have survivors, World War II, Korea, and other military conflicts who have a lot to offer and uh, who are more than happy to talk to young people. The important aspect of educating young people at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the most visited memorial in Washington, D.C., is uh, become quite an amazing enterprise because of the efforts to build a small under <coughs> underground education center at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And how is that going, Jen? It's going actually quite well. We have 99 senators and 435 members of the House of Representatives who are ready to pass the legislation to allow us to build the education center. That's the good news. The bad news is that the exact same uh, numbers were ready to allow us to do that two years ago. Therefore, 
you might ask, well, who's holding it up? Well, the, the answer to it is one senator can stop uh, the entire Congress from passing a bill under the rules for unanimous consent. And uh, that senator has done that for two years straight and intends to do it until he leaves the U.S. Senate and indeed uh, will uh, put the project behind another year. This is a guy who received five draft deferments to avoid military service in Vietnam. And uh, he's a senator retiring from Texas. His name is Phil Graham. And uh, I don't really uh, have much to say about the guy other than it's uh, a rather unfortunate uh, legacy for a man who was born on Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, uh, the son of an Army colonel, to do something uh, this low is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I, I hope that uh, we get this thing through. It really needs to uh, get through uh, for, the, for the veterans, for their families. Okay, well, we're going to break here for a moment. I want to go to Kenny next to me. Thank you, General Dave. This is our ninth program. It's a very special program here honoring fallen Americans. I uh, have to go along with General Dave and thank our audience that keeps coming along because they've been a great part of helping to support the Veterans Radio Hour. Again, if you'd like to, log on to www.veteransradiohour.com, plug into our chat room, and ask us a question. We've already got some coming up that we'll be care taking care of in just a few minutes. The Veterans Radio Hour is made possible through the generous support of individual founder members and corporate sponsors. And in order for us to continue bringing these historic shows on the talk radio network, we need your support. We also would like your ideas as well. So become a part of it with us. You can call a business office during the day at 800-591-0020 and leave a message for us. We'll definitely get back with you. Next week's program, Memories of Those Who Served, the night before Veterans Day. Uh, our veteran guests include Robert Vaughn, a Pulitzer Prize nominee and author of A Touch the Face of God. And our, we'll also have the Medal of Honor recipient, Al Lynch, and a host of other surprise guests that David doesn't even know about. We'll be talking about memories of those who served. So be a part of it. Come along with us. And in a few moments, we'll be back with monuments honoring fallen Americans. You're listening to the Veterans Hour on the Talk, 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 Talk Radio Network. Way Anchor Mates, the Veterans Radio Hour now continues full speed ahead on the Talk Radio Network. Aye, aye, sir. The Veterans Hour proudly presents our military hero story of valor. Sergeant Michael Ellis, United States Army, Company C, 28th Infantry Regiment, 1st Infantry Division. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. The date is October 5, 1918 in France, World War I. During the entire day's engagement, Sergeant Ellis operated for, for in advance of the first wave of his company voluntarily under, undertaking the most dangerous missions and single-handedly attacking and reducing machine gun nests. He flanked one emplacement, killed two of the enemy with his rifle, and captured 17 others. Later, he single-handedly advanced under heavy fire and captured 27 more prisoners, including six more machine guns. He then captured four more machine gun positions and saved his company. 
For that, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. The Veterans Radio Hour salutes the Active Service Person of the Week, made possible through the support of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. As they say, PBR me, ASAP. Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, available at your local retail outlet. Tonight we want to salute Lieutenant Colonel Carl Leonard, who left his wife and five daughters to take charge of a from a, v, of a v, uh, Virginia-based Coast Guard unit deployed to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. He is part of Operation Enduring Freedom uh, in charge of security of the detainees at Camp, camp uh, X-Ray. Specifically, his job and his troopers are in charge of the waters around that site. One of his daughters, named Alex, says, On a regular basis, my dad leaves home to go to faraway places. That makes me proud because my dad is helping America. When not mobilized, Lieutenant Colonel Carl Leonard is a Chesterfield County police captain. Now we're going to go back to our guests, and before that, a lead-in to, uh, to our next questions. And we have, some, we have some questions, and we also have some comments uh, coming over the email that I want to get to. But first, uh, a statement by President Ronald Reagan, who says, Those who fought in Vietnam are part of us, part of our history. They reflected the best in us. No number of wreaths, no amount of music and memorializing will ever do them justice. But it is good, it is good for us that we honor them in their sacrifice. And it's good that we do it in a reflected glow of the enduring symbols of our republic. Quite appropriate for the monuments and memorials that we're discussing tonight. So I'd like to get back uh, to our guest. And first of all, I'd like to, we have uh, Brian from Central Point, Oregon, wants to know why Senator Graham held up the Education Center project. I guess that's one for you, Jan. Well, I guess it is one for me. There are, uh, and he, for the past two years, he has had four or five or six different reasons why he has been uh, stopping the bill from coming to a vote on the Senate floor. Uh, the only one that makes sense is the one that we keep hearing internally in the Senate. Uh, he's just doing this as a favor for a friend of his who in turn has a favor, a friend of the National Capital Planning Commission who's uh, pretty adamantly opposed to this. So he's just doing a favor for a friend, and uh, it's uh, a, a very poor reflection on him, and uh, I will debate him and uh, take full responsibility for that comment. Hua, we're behind you? And that should, an that should answer uh, Brian's question. I want to go now to Carol. Now the audience is uh, applauding you there, Jan. Good. Uh, <laughs> they're behind you, too. we got at least a squad ready to go. Okay, I want to go to Carol. Uh, she says, in Fort Rucker, Alabama, they have an outstanding aviation museum. Um, they have lifelike and use actual aircraft and life-size mannequins for their, for their, uh, in their museum. And uh, I've been to that museum. It's a great museum. And thank you, Carol, for the comment. Uh, right here in Wheaton, of course, our foundation is involved in Cantini, named after the battlefield in France, World War I. That's the first infantry division museum, and we're very proud of that. And these museums everywhere really mean a lot to veterans, especially when they take their family, uh, children, uh, and friends uh, to walk through a time in history uh, noting sacrifice by America's uh, veterans. Um, I'd like to turn to funding for a moment, and I, I'd like to go back to General Hurling on uh, how do you operate uh, how the funding, where it comes from, and, and is it sufficient to operate uh, both here in the United States and overseas? Because these things, I'm telling you, are immaculate, and it must 
have some expense, obviously, to keep them to the to the standards that I know General Hurling expects them to be kept at for for those that visit. Uh, sir, what is the funding? Is it all governmental funding? Uh, is there enough? What's the status? David, it is it's, uh, we have an appropriations in the federal in the federal budget, and this year it'll be about thirty million dollars. And uh, every year I have to go over over on the hill, and I appear before the House Veterans Affairs Committee and the House Appropriations Committee, and some years before the Senate Appropriations Committee. But our our budget goes through both the uh, the House and the Senate, and it uh, ends up being part of the uh, the appropriations bill signed by the president. Now that thirty million dollars operates the twenty four memorial cemeteries we have. It also provides for caretaker supports for those twenty seven monuments that that you mentioned earlier, and uh, the. Uh, the general operation of the American Battle Monuments Commission. Yeah, yeah, okay, and that and that's a that's a good budget, Christian. But you have a, also a, a lot of uh, monuments, a lot of cemeteries. Uh, you spread all over the world. But let's now we're going to scope it down. We're going to go to the city of Chicago to a, a smaller operation. I'm going to and I'm going to go ahead and ask Richard Hackett, uh, who is uh, the chairman for the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum, the same question. Well, sir, um, in effect, we have a, a largely volunteer-driven uh, organization. Uh, we have several people who are on staff, uh, but it's a considerably smaller operation, 30,000 square feet uh, on three separate floors of artwork that requires uh, all kinds of financial inputs. Uh, essentially, our operation uh, is $360,000 a year, about $1,000 a day. It's uh, principally come from state sources and city sources that initially kicked it off and gave us the funds to renovate it. But this is, uh, by and large, a volunteer-driven organization, uh, volunteers that come in and speak to the school groups, veterans, uh, volunteers that help us to uh, basically do all the work. Uh, to build the place was a lot of volunteers. But uh, we're finding that, of course, in the, in the somewhat challenging times currently, that uh, the state isn't exactly the best source. Um, so we, we, we're relying heavily on our, our private funds, but even those folks have been smacked pretty good in the, in the equities markets. So um, we're, it's a challenge, but uh, we, we keep our head up and we'll go forward and um, do the job. Yeah, any, anybody in the local area that wants to help out Richard Hackett, in this noble effort with this Vietnam uh, War Veterans uh, Art Museum, help them. Give, give them some support, uh, no matter what it is, because uh, we want to keep this thing open. We want to keep it there for people to learn and, and, to, uh, and to appreciate. Uh, and speaking about, uh, now we're going to go back up to, uh, again to the national level. Actually, it's international, but I want to focus on a national level with Jan Scruggs, the founder and president of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. And Jan, if you could describe how you move out of Washington. You talked about the education program. Well, let's talk about uh, the wall that heals. Yes, uh, a great tribute to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial is the fact that there are approximately, uh, not that we can even keep track of them, five, a minimum of five half-scale moving replicas of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial that go from city to city. We own one of them. It's called uh, The Wall That Heals, and it brings a museum with it, a museum of many of the 60,000 items which have been left at the memorial. There have been more things left at the wall than there are names on the wall. 
and that goes from town to town, and uh, I believe it's in the Carolinas uh, someplace right now. But uh, it's a great experience and an opportunity for people uh, in small towns throughout the United States who may not come to Washington to be able to experience the wall. What, uh, what about the, uh, the other project? Uh, explain to the audience name, name rubbings. Yes, everyone has probably seen on television or on magazines uh, people making a name rubbing uh, at the wall. So if anyone has a name that they would like to uh, have a rubbing made and sent to them, uh, we're more than happy to do that free of charge. And uh, just go to vvmf.org, our website, and uh, shoot us an email, and we will take care of it for you. It'll take a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Jan, what happens if someone was not killed, KIA, uh, in Vietnam, but died later, uh, after the war? I can answer that. Uh, we have placed about 270 names on the memorials since 1982 in the past 20 years. These are primarily people who received very severe wounds in combat in Vietnam who died later directly as a result, not indirectly, but directly from their wounds, the Department of Defense <coughs> will look at each case individually and will adjudicate it. And once they give us the okay, we actually engrave the name. It costs about 3200 bucks a name uh, to engrave them, but uh, we do it. There's still room. Uh, the, the only thing we're running out of room for is room for the longer names, uh, names that exceed 15 to 17 letters. We only have a few places left. All right. Now, Richard Hackett, going back to the art museum, um, I really love this uh, dog tag idea. Can If someone's not here locally, can can they get a hold of your outfit and purchase, a do provide a donation, and get a dog tag for someone that uh, means a lot to them from, uh, from you know, any war, any, any conflict, any service? Absolutely, sir. Um, we have a World War II era dog tag stamping machine in the museum, and we can create uh, tags at any time. And uh, you can reach us through our website, which is uh, the acronym of the uh, museum's name, which is nvbam.org. And we'd be happy to oblige them in that respect. Yeah, I, I recommend that to anyone. Uh, one, the, the small donation. Uh, five dollars whatever would be appreciated but the other is that uh, this dog tag uh, dog tags mean a lot to veterans it means a lot to family members uh, it's a symbol of, uh, of service sometimes a symbol of sacrifice obviously in this case and and please please do that uh, if, if you can um, could uh, I'd like to go back to General Hurling just for a quick uh, well we're gonna have to wait for a break I believe and, and I'm gonna come back to General Hurling I want to ask about uh, some upcoming events in uh, some of the cemeteries uh, across the, the globe. But uh, first, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take, a, take a break here. Thank you. Each week uh, here at the Veterans Radio Hour, we've had a tradition of recognizing a McDonald's Veteran of the Week. But because of uh, a little switch today, we've realized that for the past eight weeks, we've recognized some very unique people. This week, we'd like to recognize the McDonald's Corporation. General Dave, could you tell us how we can do that? Yes, uh, you know, McDonald's recognizes veterans uh, that belong to their organization now throughout the United States uh, who work within their corporation. And they also recognize veterans who are owner-operators now 
in uh, in McDonald's. And the McDonald's program is called the National Salute to the United States Military. And I, and I think it's uh, appropriate. I think it's wonderful. And it's just the right thing to do for a corporation to recognize somehow its veterans. So we salute the McDonald's Corporation this week as our true veteran of the week. And now, here's for McDonald's. Welcome, class, to Daily Economics. Today's frugal foray, the dollar menu from McDonald's. Mouth-watering myth? Well, for minuscule money, you can procure a big and tasty sandwich with hearty beef, crisp lettuce, and juicy tomato. In fact, the tender McChicken sandwich and lots of your other favorites are also a buck each every day. Thus, at McDonald's, less moolah equals more ooh-la-la. Questions? Like, will this be on the test? Not unless you're a messy eater. Got a buck? You're in luck. With McDonald's dollar menu every day. Price and participation may vary. Way Anchor, mates. The Veterans Radio Hour now continues full speed ahead on the talk radio network. Aye, aye, sir. And now, with the update on military news from around the world, here's General Dave reporting. On Friday, 8 November 2002, in front of the 1st Infantry Division Memorial at 17th and East Street, Northwest Washington, D.C., the Society of the 1st Division will host a wreath-laying ceremony to honor those who served on Operation Torch, the Allied invasion of North Africa in World War II. Immediately after the ceremony at the nearby Red Cross building, Rick Atkinson will lecture on his new book, An Army at Dawn, The War in North Africa, 1942-43. Also, a report will be published soon detailing the vulnerability and potential targeting by terrorists and malcontents of our veterans' monuments and cemeteries. Sadly, just before Veterans Day and also Memorial Day every year, some of our national treasures are vandalized and desecrated by those that detest honor to our nation. Coordinate with your local veterans organizations and cemeteries for any support you can provide to protect our veterans' legacy. Now back to our show tonight. Again, we have Richard Hackett from Chicago, Chairman of the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum, Major General Retired John Hurling, United States Army, appointed by the President in 95 to serve as the Secretary of the American Battle Monuments Commission, and Jan Scruggs, Founder and President of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. Uh, what I'd like to do now in summary is go to each of our guests, and I'll start with uh, Richard Hackett, and just have him give us a summary of just some information on, on his, uh, his particular piece of responsibility or what we can do to help him. Go ahead, Richard. Well, sir, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. We have uh, a fairly large facility just on the south uh, edge of the loop of Chicago near the uh, edge of the museum campus by the lakefront near uh, Soldier Field. And uh, we are dedicated, uh, this is a place that was put together by veterans, this is a place that is uh, for veterans, and it's, it's effectively run by veterans. And we are, our doors are open to doing any sort of veterans uh, fundraisers at our uh, facility. We have some very nice large spaces. Um, this uh, is, of course, with the uh, 800 plus pieces of fine art from sculpture, painting, ceramics, tiles. Uh, we um, would in encourage anyone to uh, become involved. And uh, as for veterans, uh, it's, it's all about you. That's what the artwork was about. It was your voice. 
we would encourage you to uh, to drop by, and, and if you have any use for the uh, facility, please uh, suggest it. Uh, aren't you getting ready to do a Bob Hope show or display? Indeed, I sir. Say? We've been working with the Bob Hope family. They have collected quite a few items that veterans have generously uh, given to them, uh, given to the Hope family and to Bob in particular. And we'll be putting on a show next year that will be a massive show of, of wonderful stuff that veterans have given to Bob for appreciation because you know, he was one of the few that was a stand-up guy back then. Absolutely, and they're doing a memorial for him outside of San Diego. Indeed, uh, I think for his, uh, is it his 100th? His 100th birthday is yeah. on May 29th of next year. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's great. Let me go to Jan Scruggs real quick. And, and Jan, if you could just summarize in a minute. Uh, something maybe we left out on the uh, on your foundation um, memorial fund, I should say, and or anything that uh, the American people can do for you. Well, first of all, uh, if you're a military veteran of the Vietnam War, come to Washington D.C. Uh, next week. Uh, they are all coming, uh, thousands and thousands, for uh, five days of activities. BBMF.org is our website. Uh, November 4th, uh, there will be on the Travel Channel a one-hour special about the history of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And uh, so we want you to enjoy the memorial, and we hope that everyone will take an opportunity to eat at McDonald's. That's the important thing. Oh, you just got us another show. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, Rook, too, Jan. Uh, you just uh, on the travel station. Isn't that uh, Sunday and Monday night, uh, 10th and 11th? I believe uh, it's 9 p.m. November 4. Oh, 4. Uh, yeah, okay. the, the tra Travel Channel will uh, air its one-hour special. It's quite yeah. extraordinary. Okay, yeah, I, I read a little bit about that, and that's and that's 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 wonderful. And uh, the 20th year anniversary, and if you can uh, either see it or, or talk about it, uh, support it, please do. And I'd like to close down one minute with uh, General John Hurling. Uh, about what's coming up uh, this coming uh, fall or next year with the uh, Battlefield Monument Commission. Uh, Dave, your audience may not be aware, but the American Battle Monuments Commission is also responsible for the building of the Korean War Veterans Memorial. That was dedicated in 1995. Roger that. Currently, we are in the process of constructing the National World War II Memorial on the Mall in Washington. And that is in the construction phase, and it should be dedicated on Memorial Day weekend, 2004. But at the current at the current uh, schedule, we're uh, we're we're a little bit ahead, and uh, things are going along just great. And this will probably probably be the last great gathering of the World War II generation in the nation's capital. Yeah, I hope. I think my dad's going to go to that as well, and you know him. And, and I, I And I, uh, anything we can do to get the word out, we'll do it for you. Just stay in touch with us. Um, I want to thank all our guests tonight. Uh, but before we say goodbye, I want to close with a, a, a monument in a small town in Texas. And the name of the town is called Praha. It's a town so small that in the 20th century, it never surpassed 100 people. Yet this town lost nine service members serving during World War II, which was really almost every one of those that could serve in that town because of the, the age uh, and male. Uh, the town of Praha's nine service members were all killed in one year, a one-year period of time. And in this small town, there's three separate prayer chapels that have been built in their honor, as well as there's also a small stone memorial. And without places like Praha, 
there would be no place like the United States of America as we know it today because of these type of people that served, even from small towns, big cities, whatever, across the United States of America. And it's very important that we continue to honor our veterans through monuments, through these kind of programs, to respect our cemeteries and take care of them the way they should be and remember our service members. Kenny? Yes, and if you're going to be uh, staying on with the Internet stream, we're going to talk another 15 minutes with our guests. We'll say goodbye to Talk Radio Network now. Stay alive with us on VeteransRadioHour.com. Good night. Okay, I think we're still streaming along here, General Dave. We're going to talk a little bit. Uh, I know that uh, Brian came on the chat room with us, uh, uh, streaming on our website here. And uh, Brian, I too, was a uh, medical training at Fitzsimmons Hospital. He was, turns out he was a medic there. He tells us, too, that he uh, believes that most of the frontline employees at McDonald's don't know that this program's even available. So we're going to have to try to get him to know that. But uh, he brings up that Rusty Humphreys, who's a host of one of the talk radio network, uh, has arranged to have the wall come to his town in Nevada. I don't know anything about that one. I don't know if Jan Scruggs would know anything. I don't know. Do you know about that one, Jan? I, and, uh, you know, several walls. you got walls at the national level that uh, Jan's involved with, but you also have some local walls that uh, veterans organizations uh, support, like Lake City Vets. We had that wall that went around the Chicagoland area for a while. And so do you know about the one that he's talking about in Nevada, Jan? Yes, it is either Lake City Vets or one called the Moving Wall. It's a group out of California that has three of them. So it's uh, one of those, but uh, you can uh, bring them to just about any town with, with enough lead time. Yeah. Okay. And that uh, the, the, the wall that travels, uh, whether it's local or national, wherever you get the wall from, um, and I've been to several ceremonies uh, with having the honor to give some, some talks. Uh, it's still a wonderful experience because when they bring them to a local area, some of the people that cannot afford or because of physical reasons cannot travel to Washington, D.C., uh, can see uh, the wall, they can touch it, they can identify with uh, the name on the wall of someone that they lost, uh, either family or friend, and it's uh, a very emotional experience and, and uh, something that any community should strive to do. These, these, uh, these walls, these programs, uh, and because Jan Scruggs is on a line with us, uh, who uh, is the president of the Vietnam Memorial Fund, um, these, these programs really, um, and, and, and even a small monument anywhere, means a lot. And you see around the United States, you see Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you see veterans organizations, whether it be the VFW, AMVETS, American Legion, uh, Korean War, World War II, or Vietnam uh, so Unit Associations, Purple Heart Association, whatever they are, they're they're very important and they and they really uh, recognize and pay respects to those that have served. And if you can be a part of, part of one of those uh, programs in your local community, do so because the local community makes the state great, and and states then make the country great. And, you got to tie the community, the state, and the, and, the, and the federal government together to really have a national effort, whether it's for veterans or any other cause, 
the war on terrorism, whatever. And so uh, here at the Veterans uh, Radio Center, we encourage you to, all of you, to, to participate wherever you can. Kenny? You know, I have a question uh, that relates to uh, the art museum here, and we'll get back to Jan in a moment. And uh, that is, uh, how long is this ceiling of dog tags? How, I mean, the dimensions, the width and the length. Uh, good question. It, it is 10 feet wide by 40 feet long. So it fills the entire, uh, there, there's an atrium, a two-story atrium when you first walk into the museum from the lobby, and, and it's up on a, effectively the floor of the third floor. Uh, hanging from there about three feet down, stainless steel wires, about an inch apart, uh, covering a 10 by 40 foot area. How long, did it, how long did it take to put it together? It took the better part of a year, and uh, we stamped each one of the tags ourselves. Uh, we had a lot of volunteers involved, and of course there were also uh, 58,000 wires that needed to be hung into 58,000 holes. And, you know, all I can say is thank God for, you know, the, the good folks uh, in the veterans organizations around uh, the area because they, they showed up. Uh, they, they helped us uh, build scaffolding, uh, the iron worker guys, and uh, design some things, and uh, helped us install it and lighting people. It was astonishing, electricians. Uh, Jan, on the, uh, the traveling wall uh, that your organization handles, is there, a, on your website, does it show a schedule of cities? Yes, on vvmf.org, uh, indeed it does. And on the subject of monuments in general, it's so important to sort of keep people coming to them uh, in small towns and state capitals. So that's why it's important for veterans to coordinate and uh, get teachers interested in uh, field trips to take groups of kids to these monuments and maybe follow it with a lecture to sort of bring history alive because we just can't build them and sort of forget about them. We've got to keep them alive, and uh, the best way to do it is with having young people visit. And I know one of the most famous things is the, the individuals who literally walk up and down that wall to find, find a name and then to, an, I guess, scratch onto a piece of paper. Is, is there some similar relationship, Richard, with uh, finding a name from your 40 feet sculpture? Well, we, we, we have some ambitions in that area. We're not as tactile as the wall, obviously. It's a little far away, and, and if you tried to reach over and, and touch them, you'd probably go for a long fall. We, uh, we do, of course, do the duplication of the tags that are uh, represented on the ceiling and make them available. Uh, what we'd really like to do is have the planetarium give us one of those real neat star pointer things that we could integrate with a computer program. And then when you pull up the name, it would basically illuminate that tag. That we feel be perhaps a little more, as it stands now, we just can do it on a grid on a screen and, and approximate the, the, the location of a specific tag. But with them just one inch apart, it's a little tricky to identify it point for point. But it's all done basically just like the wall is in terms of progression from first to last. We followed that. Real good. Well, um, Jan, is there anything special else we should know that's going on uh, with VVMF? I would say uh, everyone should take an opportunity and visit something called thevirtualwall.org. And it's quite an interesting opportunity to uh, uh, not only see all of the names on the wall, but to pick out individual names. And if you can pick out the name, for example, of one of my buddies who was killed over there, Claude Van Andel, You'll see that uh, people who knew him when he was growing up, uh, who served with him, uh, have left little messages for Claude that they remembered him taking him out on dates or playing football with him and so forth. So it's uh, sort of a good way to keep
History Live, and we also now have approximately 6,400 photographs of those on the wall, which are on this website as well. Wow. But uh, next week is the week to be in Washington. It starts November 6th with a concert. We've got Paul Revere and the Raiders and uh, a pretty lively group of uh, nationally known entertainers. It's all free. And then uh, the reading of the names begins the next day. Jim, what the Education Center, uh, what, just take, take a minute to describe what will be in it. Basically, the Education Center is planned as an underground facility near the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Young people will walk down, pr primarily for young people. Inside of the Education Center will be essentially photographs of hundreds, maybe even thousands of the casualties. And, and when they go to the wall, that will make it a much more real experience for them. Let's remember, the memorial at age 20 is older than they are. And they don't know much about the Vietnam War anyway, so we'll have some sort of a timeline in there that will also trace the sort of the major events with uh, the U.S. involvement in Vietnam and uh, some other exhibits such as the items that were left at the memorial, but it will be done in a very classy way by some of the great curators that uh, work in the world of museums so that uh, a story can sort of be told. Uh, so it'll be a creative and, and a great thing. But uh, we, we keep getting entangled with just one guy in Congress, and uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we shall win eventually. Yeah, no doubt about it. You, uh, the, the cause will come through. Okay, well, Kenny, uh, I want to thank Jan Scruggs and, uh, and uh, Richard Hackett. Thanks for being with us tonight and staying a little bit longer. Uh, it's good to get the information out through the radio show. It uh, gives you an opportunity to reach some more American citizens that may may not have heard about these outstanding programs. So again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And we're out of here tonight. Don't we forget that this Tuesday uh, we need to vote. So veterans, get out there and let's do it. If you're a vet and you've got a problem with a certain senator, <laughs> let's vote him out. He's retiring, right? <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in at VeteransRadioHour.com. Next week, the same thing uh, for the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes after the show. Continuing the broadcast at VeteransRadioHour.com. Till next week, Carl King and Lamb Jam. A few words? A few words. It's a beautiful thing. Mark Eli, our chat master. Uh, Joe, the phone guy. <laughs> there you go. Good night, everyone.